rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the board, yeah. Every season, they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. This is what you waiting for. You can put it on the What's going on, everybody? It is Friday, December 18th, and you have found the Pinwheels and Ivy podcast. I am your host, Matt Swaski, a.k.a. Southside Zoe, a.k.a. Lance Lynn's long-lost cousin. And with me, as always, Mr. Aldo Soto. I'm so pumped for all the minor league signings cover you're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. COVID-elect, the good Reverend K. Fids. Um, I'm currently hiding in the office right now because the rest of the house has COVID. So Yikes. I'm trying to not be, I feel, literally feel like the Highlander right now. I am the last one, but <laughs> everybody else has COVID. So here I am. I'm COVID-elect, which means I haven't officially been elected covid but it's probable that I will be elected COVID sometime in January, maybe around the 20th. So As long as you can taste the liquor, you're fine. And as you notice, again, we have the show's handsome level has gone up about, I'll give you about 20.7. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have Mr. Evan Altman joining us. Thank you very much, Evan. For those of you that don't know, Evan uh, is the editor-in-chief at, at Real Cubs Insider and at at Bears Insider underscore. Make sure you're following all his work there. You can find him on Twitter at D-E-V-A-N-A-L-T-M-A-N. I spell it out for people because I am dumb and can't spell, so I try to give it out to other people. Um, he's the co-host of the show The Rant, big IPA guy, and as always, Wu-Tang is forever. So, Evan, thank you very much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Um, as the Cubs Insider guy, me as the Meatball Southside fan is probably going to just ask a question and then I'm going to take a step back. Uh, uh, But the big thing, Evan, that we've been talking about on this show is although and Kevin especially have shown a great deal of frustration for the lack of the Cubs being involved in any of these player rumors or, I mean, the White Sox get to be on all those really cool graphics that we get to see on the MLB Twitter account, which that's, that's something. I'm being facetious, uh, but what what do you got going right now for the Pulse with the Cubs offseason? How, how are you feeling? Uh, well, I mean, they, they made a big non-guaranteed signing on Thursday, so uh, so that was really sexy. Um, you know, <laughs> wasn't, wasn't a minor league rule five guy, and it was somebody who used to play for the Yankees, and the Yankees spend money, so, um, you know, maybe somebody will mistakenly look at it and, and think that the Cubs are targeting the same kind of players the Yankees uh, can also get, but... You know, it's it's about exactly where I thought it would be, um, and maybe even a little bit ahead of that because we we did, oddly enough, hear the Cubs connected to Jackie Bradley Jr., um, which, which was just a really – it doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, I, I kind of worked my way into making it make sense, but 
um, you know, we're, we're seeing them again. They're going to kind of go on the cheap. They're probably going to find some reclamation projects out there. And unlike even in years past where, you know, you see, and you see every team do this, right? They're going to go out and load up on a bunch of guys, try to buy some lottery tickets and hope one of them hits. But uh, the, the unfortunate thing is that everybody's looking at like now they're just cutting money from the overall payroll. In the past, they had at least had some big ticket guys who were around and some young guys who were coming up. And so, you know, this is a third straight off season. That's the thing that people need to sit here and look at is like the last two winters, they've only gotten like two or three guys each of those. And none of them, like the highest priced free agent they've signed in the last right now, three winters is Daniel Descalso. Uh, yeah. If <laughs> that tells you anything, and that was two years ago, right? So, so yep. like last year, last year, Jeremy Jeffress got like a million bucks or 875,000 and Steven Souza got like a million bucks. That was it. Less than two million guaranteed, um, and and we're seeing, we we might actually see them. Oddly enough, we might see them spend more money this off season on free agents. But when you cut out what would have been Kyle Schwarber's eight million, and you cut out uh, Albert Almora, and you know maybe they bring Ryan Tapera back, but they you know they they non tendered him, and he was supposed to make a million dollars or so. Even if they spend more on free agents, they're going to spend less on the overall payroll. So, you know, they might be down forty fifty million dollars. Uh, you know, because of the biblical losses that Tom Ricketts suffered. Um, so it's uh, it's good stuff. So we're going to see an exodus uh, because of the biblical losses, if you will. That was a, that was a Bible joke. Sorry, I would probably probably not. Uh, that might have might have fallen flat. I don't know. But anyway, nope. every school I went to started with the word saint. I got there you. We go. I got there you. We go. <laughs> you Saint Rose. Wait, no, that's a that's my hospital. So anyway, I'm saying it's going to suck for Cubs fans, especially if you're one of them that's still out there. Like every year, for the last few, <laughs> there's always been, no, no. I, you know, I think I think Ricketts is just he's just blowing smoke. He's just he's it's a strategy. I'm like Ricketts doesn't do strategy. That's not his job. He's the owner. If he tells you they're not going to spend money, they're not fucking spending money. Like stop, <laughs> stop thinking they're going to say something different from what they're doing. That's every year. Oh man, Theo. He's, he's just lying in the weeds waiting to make. No, he's not. <laughs> he says, hey, we don't have, we're not, the budget's not really there for stuff. Well, maybe we'll get some midseason, but it's not there for big. Oh, I don't know. They could, no, no, they're not. So, you know. Wait till, wait till Craig Crimble, someone else gets tired in the middle of the summer and sign him like a cheap deal. Yeah. I mean, and that's, and that's really, and at the time, like Kimbrell wanted $100 million going into the season. And that, along with the draft pick compensation, I mean, there's a reason he wasn't signed. It was for a couple different things, but they were being cheap then. Like, it's amazing they were able to even do that when they were. And that's only because the bullpen was so shitty that they needed somebody in there. And so they were able to get Ricketts to kind of twist his arm a little bit. But once that happened, it's just like anything else. It's like my kid, like, oh, can I get the new battle pass for Fortnite? I'm like, okay, yeah, but you're not getting shit else for like the rest of the, you know, for the next month. So that's fine. It's, it's not even that much, it's like eight bucks, you know, but I'm like, Oh, can I get this new Venom skin? Like, how much is that? $16. Okay, well, you know, go do some work and figure that out, and then you're done for a while. And that's the same thing. It's, oh, can we go get a closer? He's really good. He used to be really, really good for the Red Sox. You know, don't don't look at what he did in the World Series. Don't pay attention to that. Let's get him. I know he hasn't pitched in six months. Okay, cool. Here you go. And then it's done. Like, okay, that didn't work. You guys are done now. We're not giving you any more money. So, that was a really long answer to what probably otherwise could have been. Uh, no, could have cut that short, but by anyway. the way, that Venom skin's badass. Pretty tight though. 
It's not, but you, oh yeah, and he does have the venom. It's like, and I'm such a sucker for it. Like I'm so bad about that stuff too. I'm like, oh, what do you do? You know, but it's like, okay, well, you know, do three loads of laundry and go clean this and go do this. He's like, well, I'll do I'll do more baseball work. You know, I'm like, that's not that's not a chore, dude. If you're telling me you want to get paid to play baseball, like, okay, bust your ass for the next 15 years, and then maybe you can make money playing baseball. But until you buy all the venom skins you want, then. But would you say too, Evan, like? You know, because a lot of owners like again, Scott Boris had his little his little uh, hey, check me out. I'm pretty sure he was stoned on a couch, smoking weed with all the. He's talking about Star Wars and PB and J sandwiches and shit. But um, you know, and I think you mentioned it too. A lot of these owners are like kind of fibbing out. They're 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 losing their profits, not their their money. But I think I heard I don't know, maybe even you said it on yours on your pod. But um, I think it said something like Rickett says that it's like seventy percent of revenue from game day, and that, so that's where the, that's where they're 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 basing the fact that they don't have any money right now is that that their revenue, 70% of it comes from game day. And is, does that really like even hold water or is that like, actually, does that sound right? Um, I mean, it, it, it's yes and no, um, you know, and, and I do. So the league in general is about 40%, it, you know, depending on how you now. And, and so let's, let's go ahead and, and take the top off this first. There's only so much that we know that's reported, right? Like a lot of the shit that they do, especially the Ricketts who have, uh, you know, marquee enterprises or whatever the hell it's called. It used to be Hickory Street um, Capital, which is their supposedly their separate arm. And that's what invests in that built the hotel and that built the office building and that buys all the rooftops. That's not the Cubs. And not only the Cubs, but both of them are privately held corporations. So it's not like they got to open their books and show us anything that they're making. So uh, and now we get something else new too, right? Yeah, well, there's and then, yeah, they've got the three hundred twenty-five million dollar investment thing that they did with the, you know, I forget what the acronym is, but it's it's investing in tech, and I think this one in particular has an eye towards sports gaming, and, and so and then you you dial that back, so walk that back to they've got the ten million dollar partnership with DraftKings to build a sports book, so now you're like, oh wait, you're getting millions of dollars from DraftKings, you have this $325 million partnership investment that in, in goes in and buys companies that are involved in gaming and technology. Huh. I wonder if you've got this big new investment that's going on that is just this exploding enterprise, which is sports gambling being legalized all over the place. And you're going to be able to slap one of those down right there on Wrigley Field's campus. Gee, I wonder if you'll be able to make some more money from that. But they, they only have to, and I think this is something Boris said is like, they wanted the owners want to privatize the profits and they want to socialize the losses, right? The losses are easy. We can all anybody with half a brain can understand that baseball didn't make as much money because there weren't fans and you couldn't go to the bars, you couldn't do anything. But no one knows how much they actually make. No one understands it. And here's the other thing that people probably don't understand uh, that they didn't pay attention to. So a couple years ago, Major League Baseball spun off Bam Tech. Right, which is uh, MLB Advanced Media, but they still have MLB Advanced Media. BamTech is what houses the streaming services like Disney Plus. MLB owners collectively still hold a fifteen percent share in BamTech, and I don't know if you guys saw the giant thread of stuff that Disney's about ready to release over the coming few years. <laughs> We're like, <laughs> yeah. So they've lost like two billion dollars. Disney Plus has lost a ton of money early, which is the way that stuff works. You have an investment like that, you right. throw things out there, people subscribe, whatever. But with the amount of content they're coming out, so let, let's say they make a billion dollars. Uh, let's say BamTech makes it. You know, it's not all just Disney Plus, but I think I think the WWE. I think their streaming is through BamTech as well. There's a few other OTT platforms that run through that. So 15% of all those profits are going right into the po- pockets of MLB owners collectively. 
that doesn't matter. Like that stuff is actually improving. When you talk about we can't go to the ballgame, well, what the hell are we doing? We're all sitting around streaming Disney Plus and, and Hulu and Netflix and everything. So when you get down to it, we don't really know where that is. And one of the things Boris pointed out is, yeah, you didn't have fans, but you only had to pay 37% of the salaries. So you just dropped, you lopped off 30 or 73% of your expenses right there, one of your biggest expenses. Now, I know the Cubs still have debt service, things like that, um, but now they're getting the tax break from the historical uh, categorization there at Wrigley. So there's just so much going on. And like you said, they did bring in fewer revenues. I mean, that's obvious. I think we all know that. But when they say we lost money, no, they just came in $140 million under what they projected to make. And that's a massive difference to say that we lost money versus we didn't make as much money. And I mean, uh, I think Jerry Reinsdorf tried to pull some of the same stuff, right? And and yet, uh, here you go, and you got a basketball team, and we're seeing Giannis Antetokounmpo and uh, and Paul George and these guys signing contracts for forty five and forty six million dollars a year. So I understand that basketball played most of its season, but you cannot tell me that these dudes are signing two and three hundred million dollar contracts for like two hundred twenty five million for five years, and you're telling me baseball can't go out here and sign somebody. For a ten million dollar contract, that the Cubs got to get rid of Kyle Schwarber, making eight million. It's uh, I, I have some serious questions about how that works. But again, these people are billionaires. They didn't get that way, uh, you know, from being uh, completely stupid with their money. But the baseball ownership structure is the old boys club, right? Basketball owners run their teams like it's a hobby, and that's kind of how Steve Cohen with the Mets appears to be running his. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see if that kind of has a sea change effect in any way, if, if him throwing money at guys and kind of saying, hey, dude, I got $14 billion. I don't give a shit if I lose a couple million here or there. Like, what's that? What I got for he, he's He makes more money. He's worth more than, like, the next three owners combined. So he can go. This is fun for him. Uh, and, and we need to see more of that in baseball. Baseball is fun. They need to operate their clubs like they are for fun, like they are a hobby, rather than being the family business that you've got to be profitable at uh, like uber profitable, because again, if you provide somebody a product, you're going to end up a, a, a product they want, which is what you have to do in Chicago when you're charging an ass ton of money for everything. When you charge people more than any other ballpark, any other team, and you don't provide the, the right product for that, that's commensurate with the cost, you're going to lose people. And we've already seen that. Okay. So I will shut up, but to answer your question, <laughs> to actually answer your question, <laughs> it's rant ever though, dude. That's yeah. Uh, so 70%, I do believe the Cubs do have a higher percentage of income from game day specifically because of all the stuff they've done around the ballpark, all the additions, and this is kind of where it goes to how they how they relate these. And I will say that that is one of those statements that is true given the parameters in which Ricketts is saying it because Marquis isn't up off the ground. Marquis was a loss leader for them in this opening season, probably will be. And so if Marquis was really turning out like $250 million a year, then the percentages would be different because it would be offsetting a lot. of It would be greater than 30%, uh, but it's not, and that was an area where they didn't. So I could see this season that they had 70% because, uh, you know, or, or that's what they were projecting just because they knew that their TV contract wasn't giving them any money, whereas the Dodgers would be a vastly different situation because they're making $200 million or $180 million bucks a year or something like that off the Sportsnet LA deal. So you can just cut like the ten minutes of that rant, and then just like I'll, I'll oh, answer good. your question. We got the answer. There. We got the answer. There. And yeah. just so you know, I spent about five minutes of that rant trying to find Bam Tech, but I don't think it's publicly traded. <laughs> that's 
and that is not a mistake. I will guarantee right. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they got a fuck ton of money. Sorry, go ahead, Kevin. Didn't mean no, to- I just. So, I mean, <laughs> and what, what kind of, speaking of you know broke billionaires that can ask dad for a little bit of money if he needs it, and they can always afford to go in the red. We're talking about the biggest free agent issue that actually it actually you know I granted I beat this to death. Uh, like a like you know be like a dead horse here, but this is actually a Chris Bryant centric episode in a sense because this week Chris was in the news. Um, you know Scott Boris held his press conference where he you know got to talk about all his wonderful things, just um, just all over the place with some of his stuff. But he had some really interesting to say because earlier in the day or earlier like in the week, I believe Davey Martinez threw a little match on the on the KB stuff and said you know, we haven't had serious con- you know said you know or uh, said said that you know of course his name comes up. And immediately Mike Rizzo, the GM for the Nats, comes on and says, now we haven't had a serious conversation about Chris Bryant in two years. So all of a sudden you get this, 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 this kind of, it kind of heats up a little bit. Cap starts running his little ball headed mouth. And then you get this, you know, oh, oh is, is it about to happen? Is Chris about to be traded? And the next thing you know, you get Boris doing his thing. And he says, you know, the Cubs obviously know KB very well. Jed Hoyer knows him very well. They have a great plans for him. We've talked to him about what his role will be a very important role going forward in 2021. Um, all of a sudden it makes it seem like Chris is not come back. And obviously speaking of the Bryant camp, it doesn't, I mean, there may be some frustration, but it doesn't seem like this is a divorce. It seems like it's a relationship that just needs a little TLC a little bit, which comes in the form of possibly an extension. But really I think it just comes down to, you know, understanding that in the four seasons, Chris has played, you know, had at least 600 plate appearances. And I think this is from your story. Um, He's posted an OPS of better than 903 of them. Do you, you know, so the Cubs have an opportunity here to go ahead that's a good risk reward kind of guy, but more so I have no idea what to think now after, you know, Boris made it, Boris just sold me, like made me feel like Chris is, I have, I've, I'm, I'm not stressed. I feel like Chris is coming back and it, I, I think I might be wrong, but I think I might be right. It's so, it, he's a good agent. He's very good at his job. What do you think? I mean, what did, what did that tell you? What, yeah, like, no, on I, the TV. yeah, it's, it's weird because there's, there's a couple different angles though. And, and so I look at it and, and having, you know, really, because Bryant was like one of the kind of the beacons of light, if you will, for when the team really sucked. And it's like, okay, holy shit, the, the Astros took a Pell and Bryant fell to number two. And the Cubs are going to get this guy who's a stud, who's going to be up in a year or two, you know, uh, or a day short of what his, uh, what his service time uh, threshold needed to be. And um, our day passed. And he's going to be the man and he was i mean this is like the cubs for so long where this team that they would all oh, the next hot prospect and this guy would come up and he would suck and we'd all feel horrible and yet here you have this dude who tore up every level rookie of the year mvp world series champion and they're going through all this and and he was what he was supposed to be and he and he kept his head down and he kept his mouth shut even though they kind of hosed him and what's funny to me is the narrative that came out about like oh he doesn't want to be here because of his grievance like he fired me out of the grievance in 2015 you <laughs> You idiots! Like it hung out there for four years um, or five years, so it's, this is not a, and it's not like it's him being like I, Chris Bryant will file this, and I hate these people. Like this is the thing that the union does, and it's, it's again, there's bigger machinations beyond just one player, right? And nobody wants to believe the words that come out of his mouth, uh, least of all not the folks at ESPN 1000 who acted like his press conference at spring training was a heel turn. They didn't act like that. They they legitimately said that on the air, which I found very, very odd. But, you know, I think what you have is the situation. So if I look at it from a from an emotional standpoint, uh, this is a dude that I want on my team. 
right? When he's healthy, and I, and, I, and we can see it, and I've written about this a few times, you look at it, and it's like, oh, he's getting worse. He's not. His numbers prior to injury in each of these past three seasons have actually been better. Uh, 2020, notwithstanding, because that's just a weird year, but you look at, at, at 18 and 19, he was better in almost every facet, like markedly better than in his MVP season. So you can look at it and say, okay, and then and then at this point, oh, there's where he hurt the shoulder, and then you can see the numbers. So there's a, a very clear delineation. You can look at uh, 19, doing great. Oh, here's where he hurt the knee. And then you look at it like, oh, here's where he got the cortisone injection, little boost, and then it fell off again. I mean, it's like statistics are amazing. You can actually go look at them. And you you can see little points. You can you can game log this stuff. It's crazy, folks. Uh, so go out there and try this. But um, that's the emotional point of view. I want this guy here because he's a great player. He's a great person. Uh, he's a good looking dude. You put him on billboards. Like that's who you can build a, a team and a marketing campaign around. More pragmatically speaking, he's also a dude who makes a fair bit of money and has no control and is coming off of a really rough season following another two in which he'd had some injuries. And I think the value that's there to the Cubs, if they were really bent on trying to trade him to save money, they're getting nothing in return. They're honestly better off just eating the money, letting him play. And if, if they don't sign him to an extension, even if they suspend the qualifying offer and stuff like that, like to me, let this guy play for you. He could single-handedly, if he's healthy, carry you through a season and then guess what? The result that you get if he doesn't get re-signed is the $19, $20 million that he made. You roll that over into free agents the next year. I know people don't like to hear that because they like to talk about draft picks and, and compensatory stuff and blah, blah, blah. But I, you give me a bird in the hand, man, versus two in the bush all day long. And and Chris Bryant, on your team, you're already $50 million less right now in payroll than what you were. It's not like you need to save more than that. And if the vaccine works, you get fans back, then that's really a non-issue. So – um, plus, and the final thing I'll mention on this one is that this team, the Cubs in 2020 were one of the shittiest teams anybody has ever seen when it comes to hitting left-handed pitching. They had a 619 OPS. It's the, it was, uh, I think the Mariners had a 609. So they were a little bit worse, but it's the worst Cubs team in terms of OPS against lefties in 101 years. Right. Uh, that's really bad. And, and that's with the DH. With and the deal, like that's the thing. Like, yeah, the, the pitchers probably could have helped in that situation. Um, but other than <laughs> so, Vic Caratini was up there. I think he had like an 890 OPS against lefties, and then Bryant still had like an 840, which is way below his career average against lefties. But when he's healthy, that dude crushes lefties. So if you're talking about a team that was shitty against left-handed pitching, and you're going to get rid of your best hitter against lefties. Now what are you left with? Like it, that would be punting so badly on the season. So like he actually, excuse me, makes more sense to keep in regards to their offensive profile. So there are things that make sense, be it that they can't get value, and then if he stays, he actually fits what they need. So uh, and then just personally, I want him to stay. So I I, I think I feel kind of good about the chances for him. And and regardless of kind of dragging him, even when they dragged him, the guys on ESPN one thousand and Jesse Rogers were saying like. It's actually more likely he's on the team on opening day than you, Darvish, at this point, uh, or or so they say. Um, which is again, which is I don't want to think about that. Like, okay, that's that's cool, right? So there, but what the fuck are you doing, trading Darvish? Like, you know, it's you're, you're, you're punting. This is like a Matt Nagy decision. You know what I mean? Like, this is it's crazy. And I looked it up and I found it actually while you were talking too. I actually found a clip of ESPN a lot of time to listen to when I talk. By the way, so sorry. I found a clip of Cap talking truth about Chris Bryant's contract. John, that's okay. 
Found it. Got it. Anytime, anytime Kevin gets an excuse to use that clip, he's going to use that clip. Like right and now. Honestly. That's okay. Hey, McKevin, I just want to sprinkle in. Um, I'll take Chris Bryan on the south side anytime. I don't care where we put him. I'll just take him and we'll figure the fuck out. But for you have all these people, in. There's no room anymore. You have Adamie in. Well, Evan, I want to ask you though. So let's stay positive <laughs> here, and let's say Chris Bryant stays. And again, I think I agree with you. There's just the trade value there is it's not there. They're not going to get anything close to what they should get for a Chris Bryant. He stays. Let's say he gets back healthy, has another good year. What do you think Chris Bryant's next contract looks like? Who? That's see, that's a tough one for me right now because what do the I guess a lot of it depends on how this season comes out and how much room the owners have to continue to try to cry poor. Um, because we, I mean, clearly this is all a PR effort, right? They're trying to mm-hmm. set this up so they don't have to give guys these big deals. Um, but I mean, if you're looking at it, I, I think obviously the last few seasons and the economic environment have brought it down from where it would have been, right? And yeah. and not to mention the fact that they're not, uh, you know, they're not buying out any arbitration years though, so there's not that give and take. I mean, I, I, I kind of want to. I would imagine. Let's see, what are we seeing guys signing for? I mean, I don't. We're not looking at Bryce Harper money, um, you know. So I'm, I'm looking at. I don't know if he's looking at a five year type of a deal. If those things from there, because the other thing that really freaks me out is the CBA and how that's going to impact things uh, coming yep. into it. So, you know, initially I would have thought, you know, looking at eight to ten years in the in the two fifty range uh 240 250 million um was kind of where i was going like a 25 to 30 million aav i would dial that back down to maybe 20 25 on the high end i think it's going to have to be loaded with some incentives although boris doesn't really like that a whole lot there's going to have to be a non-trade clause in there so if we break down some of those escalators but um it's it's tough man um my my guess now is just so different from what it would have been if you'd asked me that a year ago simply because of all the other factors. And that's that and I'm not trying to cop out of it. I just really it, there's so many unknowns right now with that CBA and where they're going there because but I do think if the fans get back in there, if this vaccine gets widespread and we're seeing full fan participation by the time we get to the summer and he's rocking and rolling and he's healthy and really going then I think you are again looking at that uh 25 million a year for 5 6 7 8 years somewhere in that neighborhood that could carry him through for quite a while. But I know the other thing Boris likes to do is that he, he likes to do the deferred contracts. I mean, I know he worked that out with Strasburg and with uh, with Scherzer out there in Washington. And so that's kind of a way I think we're going to see more of that. So if we're looking at like direct structure, I think that could happen in there. Although, you know, again, I think I do. I will say this. I think Chris would take less, uh, relatively speaking, to stay in Chicago. For I heard that somewhere else for a, for, a, for a what? A no trade clock. <laughs> right. Just throw that in there. It's just, it's an easy deal. I mean, the thing is like, he's a dude who just wants, he's, everybody's like, oh, he's just a money hungry. He just wants to get, it's the opposite of that. He doesn't want to get out of Chicago. He started a family in Chicago. He started his career in Chicago. His best friends are in Chicago. Shut up, sir. Shut up, sir. I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Just move. He doesn't even have to move. It's just a little longer drive down the Ryan. He's good. I'll, I'll, I will put me on the payroll, Chris. I will be a personal chauffeur to the yeah. South Side every day. But, but, dude, hey, you can't. You're driving to me the road. Road. every day. Yeah. Come on, let's go. 
You got other work to do. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's gonna have to drive Tony around. Yeah, we can carpool. Yeah, we could just carpool. It'll be a nice little, you know. <laughs> it's, it's an Uber with the yeah the larger Uber. <laughs> we'll just carpool. Uber XL. There you go. Yeah. Uber XL. It's that Uber share thing where you like random people get in the car and you're like, it's supposed to take ten minutes to get home and it takes me forty seven minutes to get there because we picked up seven people on the way to drive them to McDonald's. I got what it. is the thing? I accidentally hit the button once. It was the worst day of my life. I literally got a tour of everybody's neighborhood. <laughs> Terrible. Sorry, rant. No, but I was. I, I think the the thing though is like we're seeing a guy who again would rather be like staying home and playing board games than going out and partying, right? And that was that was when he was even younger, like when he first came into the league. Like that's just he's a home buddy kind of a guy, and dork. I think I, he, he wants security, and I think we all do. Like if if that's the thing, and you're looking at. I know he said early on, you know, I'm comfortable playing year to year. And I think he was at the time. Then you get a little older, you start having a family. You think, man, it would be great to just know for the next six or seven or eight years or whatever. I know I am here. They want me. I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to make any of these decisions again. Uh, you know, I have a, another kid or two and we're good, man. We, I can establish this base and like let my kids grow up and be in the same place. So I, I think he's someone who would thrive in that. Uh, maybe more so than some of these other guys who would be just chasing the money or or who are maybe a little bit younger and more detached and would, you know, just, hey, I'm cool going and seeing the world. I mean, again, he's got enough money to buy all the board games he wants and a nice condo on the lake, and he's good. You know, I had this conversation with a little lump, little lump here the other day. This is someone that, like, again, he, he he's not at a want for money. Like, at this point, he's not doing anything. Nothing that he does is for the for the optics. Like he's just, let's play ball. He doesn't, I don't think Chris really sees optics and that's, I think maybe someone helps him a little bit along the way, but that kid's never seen optics. That kid didn't know he was the great player. He was as a sophomore in high school. He was the best player in town. Him and him and Bryce were, you know, little, little Gallo was a freshman. Those two guys and Gallo were the best three players in town, even when they were sophomores. And, they had no idea. Well, Bryce did, but Chris had no idea. Like he, he thought Nick, his brother was the greatest player in history. Like he looked up to Nick, like he wouldn't know that. And I look at some of these players and I look at like, I know, hate to, to, to I'm not going to try and drag him through the dirt. Cause I still think he makes the Cubs better, but look at like a Javi Baez. I look at some of these guys, like a Willie. I look at these guys and, and some of the stuff that they do is for the show. It's, it's, it's theater. They're trying to show why you should pay me not necessarily why I'm valuable as a player. Now, Willie's shown to be valuable, but I think he's the most trade-worthy guy they have. And I think Javi's the second most trade-worthy guy they have right now because of optics, because they do play that game. Push. You know, Chris doesn't say shit with a mouthful of manure and people call him, he's turned heel because he said he didn't sign a contract or he didn't get a contract offer that you made up in your head because you're bald and you're crazy. Sorry, Cap, that's not how it works. You don't turn heel, you just get fed up. And that's the difference. Where I see like a guy like Javi, who's, markets himself really well he says a lot of the great things even though you know nobody said shit about the fact that he showed up unprepared for games last year and openly admitted it that's a problem that's not a problem but but chris just showing up even when he's hurt is a problem like i I just don't get that whole dynamic but i do see these guys they're they're jockeying for those optic points that get them more money on their contract and so i'm not entirely sure javi's here because he's a cub i do think that he is I'm not entirely sure though. And I think that Willie is doing what Willie does. Willie, if he drops another eyeball tweet or eyeball Instagram or whatever it is one more time on random days when he's rumored, is it like a trade? I'm done with it. Like, I don't know what he's trying to do, but you just see these guys and they are playing this game. They're jockeying back and forth for the optics and they want to, you know, and I think that this is really a marketing thing more than anything else between some of these guys in the same locker room. I can't imagine that makes for a healthy locker room. When you see these guys jockeying for the spotlight, jockeying for, 
image and and they see someone that they're supposed to protect. Now, have you heard someone else besides Rizzo stand up for Chris and all this shit? I haven't. Javi hasn't said shit. Willie, nothing. Where are you guys at? Where's your teammate at? This is a guy that I know as a teammate is a fantastic teammate for guys that are the best team, best players on the team and the least on the team. This is a guy that takes the worst player on the team under his arm and takes him out to pizza. Like this is what the kind of guy he is. And so I see this and I'm like, how much of this is just an act from some of these other guys? And that's what I get frustrated obviously with, but like how much of these guys, Willie, Javi are just really jockeying for that, that next big deal. And they know that there's someone else in front of them. That's going to probably wear that cut Chris. Cause he's worth more. I don't know. It just feels like it's a little bit of a game of like it's game of Thrones, even almost like in the clubhouse. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think you you have this situation where these guys kind of all came up around the same time, and and it you know it'd be a little bit different if they were more staggered, but they're really not. I mean, and and we saw that with you know Schwarber became the most expendable uh, apparently from where they from where they viewed it, um, you know, and 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 he certainly was not their game in the system by any means. But when you have a bunch of guys who are all coming up at the same time, and you know from the start, we've heard this for two or three years, like we can't extend them all then I think naturally they're all competitors and there is going to be some of that, you know, little get the elbows in there, you know what I mean? And maybe push this a little bit. Although, you know, the, the interesting thing, and, and I, I try not to make too big a point of it, but you know, you talk about Wilson Contreras and, and I wrote about that too. And a lot of people don't want to hear it, but it's like, dude's got two years of control. He's an elite offensive catcher. His defense just got better and his cost is going to continue to go up. And guess what? He seems like a really young dude, but this is age 28 season. He's he's not very young, and so or is it twenty nine? Because I think he's going into his age thirty one season when he would be hitting his free agency. And so when you talk about somebody who relies so heavily on athleticism behind the plate for the things that he does, are the, the Cubs are looking at that? And then by the way, I don't know if anybody's been seeing it. I put something out there today, but if you look at the videos on what Miguel Amaya has been doing in the Puerto Rican Winter League, like that dude looks like a beast. And now you're going, wait a minute, okay, so we got him coming up. And if they Only think he's going to be a stud, you cannot have both of those guys on in two years. Right now, it'd be one thing next year if they feel like Amaya wants to be promoted, can be promoted halfway through. That's one thing. But you can't have Vic Caratini and Wilson Contreras and Miguel Amaya all on the same roster. It makes zero sense whatsoever. I mean, you theoretically could have them, but now all of a sudden you've got this. You think this guy's going to be valuable? We know that Amaya is light years ahead of where he should be from an actual catching perspective. Uh, he could come in today and catch a major league ball game. Uh, I have no question about that. It's Kenny hit. And my God, that stroke looks really, really good. So there, there's a lot going on there. And again, if you look at Bryant, though, there isn't somebody who's just going to come in and magically like, uh, okay, I, you know, if the folks on Facebook, uh, David Bodie, oh. yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> if the game was played and, and, and like, and Bodie comes up, Bodie's great moments. He has great moments, but if you look at his overall stat, like he's not a great overall everyday player. He's simply not. And if you, I, people are in for a rude ass awakening. If that, if something happens and, and for whatever reason, Chris Bryant's not playing in Chicago next year, and this David Bodie man in the hot corner every day, people are going to suddenly sit there and realize what they lost. And, and, and I mean, Bodie, good dude. Bodie's a great dude, but he's just not an everyday third baseman. That's that's it. Two things now, Evan. One, Bodie sounds an awful lot like a guy we're going to talk about a little bit later in the show where he's not an everyday guy. Hint, McCann. 
Uh, and also, uh, you got this question. Uh, do you see this? When do you see the season start? And do you see it going all 162? You know, it, it, it's uh, that's another bargaining thing that I feel like. And, and here's, where, here's where it gets fun. The owners are out there like, oh, you know, guys, uh, hey, we, we might have to back this up. we got to wait for this uh, vaccine. We want you all to get it. We want everybody to be safe. And, and then the subtext to that is, God, it was really cool to only pay you guys 37% of your salaries last year. <laughs> How about we kind of figure something out again this year to, to make it just like, hey, assholes, you just played. You just finished a season with 60 games in the World Series. And now you're talking, now that there's a vaccine out there, now you're just trying to hold that over their heads. And the players are like, wait a minute, you know, hey, we were good with protocols. Pay no attention to Justin Turner and the Dodgers. Let's not think about that. But otherwise, other than that, we were pretty good and we figured it out. So, I mean, I think eventually, again, uh, I think the owners, what they're trying to angle for is to strong arm the players into accepting a deal for expanded playoffs. Why? So the owners can make a shit ton more money and they'll be like, oh, we'll let you have the universal DH, which is not worth nearly as much as expanded playoffs. But again, uh, that is a long way of saying I do think they end up starting fairly close to on time, if not right where it's scheduled. I do think they finish the full season. There's just there's too much at stake. Uh, for everybody to not have that because baseball owners are kind of dumb when it comes to this, but I don't think they realize how badly they hurt their brand by, and, it, and it, I shouldn't say they hurt their brand, but how badly the brand was hurt by that shutdown yes. and that long because present company included, we all found a hell of a lot of other things to do other than baseball for that time. And then all the wrangling they had to get the season going again and the infighting and stuff like that, like that soured a lot of people. If they go through that again and like cut that thing back for a month or two, they could, again, the, the revenues that they gain from getting fans back, I think are going to be uh, dwarfed by the long tail of this thing as you go down the road. So I, th I think it starts on time. All right. Well, I appreciate Evan. Thank you. Uh, please let our listeners know where they can find all your work. Cause I'm looking, I, I want to tell them one place, but you're all over the damn place, man. Where, where can they find your work? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if you, uh, obviously you can seek me out on Twitter and find everything. There is at D Evan Altman. My first name is actually David, but I go by Evan. So there's the D at the beginning. Uh, but if you go to cubsinsider.com, if you just check that out, we got links to all our stuff there. Uh, we got the Bears site. That's kind of, uh, limping along and getting up and running uh, as it was a great, great year to start a Bears blog. <laughs> hey, 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 um, hey, 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 Mitchell's in the hey, Maserati <laughs> Mitch is in the driver's seat for this 3 0 run. Going to make the postseason. Well, hey, moving Rashad Coward off the offensive line uh, actually helped tremendously over these uh, the last few weeks, even when they lost. But uh, so, yeah, you go to Cubs Insider, we got all kinds of stuff there, and you can find all my shit there. Most of it is shit, but. Anyway, look who you're talking. Not the other yeah. shit. That yeah, you're amongst you're amongst your people. Then, uh, <laughs> Evan, we really appreciate you giving us some time tonight. Everybody, definitely make sure you go and check this out. We'll be tweeting out where you can find Evan stuff too from the Ed Pinwheels account. Uh, Evan, again, hopefully you'll check in with us when you know baseball's back up and going. Uh, we could talk more. And thank you again for your time. We really appreciate it, man. Hey, no problem, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks thank for coming you. on, bro. Thanks. See you. That's awesome. Yeah, dude. Holy. Seriously, I learned more about the financial system of profits and revenue from that one, like, it was like a six minute segment. Then I have no, I oh, yeah. have no shit. I learned that I know, no, that's what I learned is that I don't know anything. You know, big PSA, 
I was kind of late to the party following Evan and uh, Cubs Insider, but going back to like the 2018-2019, a lot of great stuff and a lot of like detailed info on everything Cubs related, all financial stuff from uh, Real Cubs Insider. So make sure to follow them on Twitter. Now, side note though, tell me he does not look like Wolverine mixed with with yeah. Sabretooth Leaf Schraber. Like yeah. he sounds like Leaf Schraber, <laughs> but looks like Wolverine. 100%. But it's a, one of my favorite lines from Eastbound and Down. Kenny Power says, shut your sweet mouth. I'm about to fuck you up with some truth. That dude just completely... F- my head is just filled. <laughs> I seriously, I was, I'm not kidding. I was listening to every word he said, but I was also trying to buy stock in BAM Technologies because I'm like, <laughs> what is going on right now? I want 50, 50% of fucking BAM yeah, Tech. Like, <laughs> so thank you very much. <laughs> now all you Sox fan fuckers, get your, back, get your ass back on here now because it's time yeah. to start get listening. You, to get your fucking ass back here. <laughs> you don't tune in when we're talking about Cubs and now you, yeah. oh, here we come. Hey, yeah. we're gonna deal with our the, shit. We'll give you your shit. To tweet out, let them know we're about to talk yeah, about. We're going to talk stuff now, so they can Well, I mean, you know, it's Except gonna be. Aloha. It's gonna be, it's gonna be about James. Maddie Mitch is back. There he is. Yep. See? Yep. Maddie Mitch is back. They're all coming back. in now. here like a bunch of cockroaches when the lights turn on. That's what we should start doing at the beginning of the show. Be like, all right, guys, we're gonna do clubs for a half hour in the socks, or we should just let people know. My students, when I tell my students, hey, we're gonna take the exam in thirty minutes. So make sure you're ready in 30 minutes. For the- log off, log off, log off, log off. What the hell just happened in my classroom? They all logged off because they said 30 minutes. We won't have to do anything for 30 minutes, and they're not going to listen. They're not watching Whoops. the scene. Almost, almost sent the wrong link on the old Twitter machine. Ooh. Did you do the Pornhub link again? God damn. Not again, dude. We, we literally just scrubbed that video of me from my sophomore year of high school off the thing, and now we got to – All right. All I'm tweeting, all I'm tweeting is, so James McCann, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> yeah. There's so- a James McCann porn site? This is a perfect okay. time because McCann just did his intro presser, well, whatever you want to call it, thing for the Mets. And he said some good shit. He said some real, like, down-to-earth, like, James McCann, salt-of-the-earth type guy shit, which you expect from him. James McCann's a great fucking guy, man. He's just a good dude, just a hard worker. Um, and But he did say one thing that was really cool that I want to point out is they were talking about metrics and things – you know, and this is the stuff that like my guy King Mac, King Mac might have had to like close the door for a minute after McCann said this because he got a little excited. But he said, "You can metrics are important." And this is paraphrasing. Metrics are important. You know, they play a vital role in today's games, but there are still some things that you can't you can't basically do it all on metrics. And he used an example of a game where. Uh, Lucas Giolito was dealing, and in the middle of that game, he called for nine straight changeups. And McCann kind of like smiling. He's like, "Show me a metric that says you should call nine straight changeups." He's like, "I just knew he was feeling it. It was working, and it worked. I threw nine. And so, I mean, that's cool, and that's who James McCann is. But holy fuck, man! White Sox Twitter, you either there's like no middle right now. It's like you're either pissed that they let McCann go. Or you're part of like Grandel is going to be all world, which I threw a tweet out. I saw some dude made this graph, and I shouldn't say some dude. I should actually like find out what the dude's name is and plug him because it's a great chart. But he put out this chart. Okay, you got the offensive war going vertical. You got the defensive war going horizontal. All the way in the top right, you got JT Romuto. He's the cream of the crop. Then if you go down a little bit, you got Yasmani Grandel. Easily the second best, if not the best catcher in Major League Baseball. 
And then you have, where's James McCann? James McCann's in like this clusterfuck of catchers in the middle here. Okay. <laughs> so I throw this tweet out and I know for you listening at home, that's some good listening right there. But this is, I where, this is where you plug your Twitter account. So come on. Yeah. Oh, at Pinwheels Ivy Pod. If you were following <laughs> us, watch us live. But, um, Oh, yeah, his name is in the graph. Thank you, Yumper. Um, <laughs> so I threw it out there just harmless, like, you know, like, hey, this is cool, whatever. And holy balls, did that thing blow the fuck up. Retweets and all this other stuff. His name is uh, at Jake underscore T-A-R-A-S-K-A. Yeah. Um, Philly fan. Yeah. And he's just basically talking about, like, how good JT Ramiro is. And he didn't want Philly fans to be, like, writing this off, like, oh, fuck him, let him go. Like that's a, that's the best player at that position in the league. You don't just let that guy walk, but this, I mean, I'm talking like I, my tweets don't blow up. Like I'll get like 15 likes. It's like that meme where the kids DJing and like four of his friends are dancing. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Down the street. Yeah. That, that's what my tweets are like. And that's fine. I don't give a shit. This thing got like 900 likes. It's getting retweeted all over. People are using it and arguing. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Dude, people are, this is like a thing. All right, so let's 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 break this down. James McCann, very good catcher. I don't know what that is, Kevin. I'm uh, checking my my up uh, ninety eight. Okay, so my my blood oxygen levels are still fine. I'm good. I don't have COVID yet. Not yet. We'll let you know <laughs> the exact moment Kevin gets COVID. Um, <laughs> James McCann, probably one of, if not the best free agent pickup for the White Sox in a while. And when I say best, I'm not talking just talent. I'm talking about like price tag, talent. Hidden gem. Yeah, no, hidden yeah. gem. Like one of the best hidden gems the White Sox have done in a long time. He was not good at, in Detroit. <laughs> like he just, he, he did not play well in Detroit. He might not have fit the system. He actually said in his uh, presser today that getting non-tendered by Detroit was the best thing to ever happen to his career. So obviously there was something not working in Detroit. Detroit sucks too. So whatever. Um, well, I just want to break it down. James McCann. Yeah. Hit him with something. So he, he started to get, he started getting full playing time. He made his MLB debut in 2014, but he got, uh, you know, started to get a regular playing time in 2015. So from 2015, to 2018, his highest OPS was 733. And that was in 2017. But other than that, 683 OPS, 629 OPS. And the year before the White Sox signed him to that free agent deal, 581 OPS. Yeah. So they sign him and they're just like, all right, we got a backup or whatever. At that time, the catcher position was just not great for the White Sox. So I was like, okay. Yeah, the Bucs at that point, they were just trying to they were trying to get what they got with McCann, just a guy, a bounce back guy, a guy, a change of scenery guy. And yeah. they got that with McCann. <laughs> and we say it. Every time any Chicago team signs a guy, and don't lie, you say it too. Whoever's listening to this, I'm talking to you. You say it too. Oh, maybe a change of scenery is all he needed. Maybe he's gonna come here and turn it around. We say it all the time. I say that's 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 just code for this guy was like really sucked where he was. Hopefully, he isn't as bad now. Yes, <laughs> and that's true, Maddie. Tiger's ballpark does suck. And to answer this question, Maddie says, "Why can't you like metrics but still believe going by your gut is the correct move?" You absolutely can. I would prefer that's, that. That's you the do. perfect balance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the perfect balance. But so McCann comes. He had with the White Sox. He had about nine. What did you say? All ninety good games. 
Yeah, like with the what? Because I mean, again, 2020 was only a 60 game season, and he played mm-hmm. in like half of those. Uh, and then he was in the first half of 2019. And then he got exposed in the second half of 2019 when he kept playing every day, and his numbers were again really, really bad for like half half of 2019. Yeah, so he just, I mean, plain and simple. This is what I'm going to say about James McCann. James McCann is a great ball player. He's a guy that you definitely want on your team, but he's not an everyday starter. I don't think he's an everyday catcher. And I think he's going to do, he's going to play well for the Mets. I think he's going to handle those big time pitchers very well, just like he did with Lucas Giolito and Dallas Keiko and the rest of the staff here in Chicago. But it's also mind blowing to me to see White Sox fans act like we just got rid of the second best catcher in the league and we kept some guy that was in the middle clusterfuck of average when it's really the other way around. Yes, Money Grandel is a, he's the second best catcher in the league. And but what also, about his batting average? I just have to do that. <laughs> no, and that's fine. Or that guy doesn't swing the bat. Dude, the White Sox strike out a fucking ton. You need guys that take walks. Like I, I, I mean, the, that's the thing. I don't get like everyone knew what Yasmani Grandal was. You're getting a great, uh, a great defensive catcher. Well, who, yes, he'll have the occasional like pass ball, and yeah, we did see that in 2020. Every catcher in the but, history of fucking catching has pass balls. Right, but but we're also talking about a guy who is going to probably like lead your team in walks again. The White Sox for years, even when they've been good, they just don't have guys who get on base on a consistent basis. And even when Yasmani Grandal, you know, struggling with like a batting average, you can still count on him, you know, working deep at uh, at, uh, at bats and getting on base via the walk. You need that. You need that in your lineup. Um, and again, a guy who has really good power. He's going to get you like 20 plus home runs every year. And again, the defensive, well, I guess not the great defensive versatility, but, you know, you can give Jose Abreu some off days at first base. Right. And, and I don't even think we're going to need that anymore, but right. that's a whole other whatever. But, um, but the, the whole thing, it just comes down to, and I know we hate talking about money, but like in turn, like in saying how much a guy is worth or not, but like, were you going to pay James McCann eight to $10 million so you're, no. to be your backup catcher? Come that's on guys. <laughs> that wasn't ever going to happen. No, you're not giving him four years, 40 million. And that's it. Be happy for James McCann. He got to go to a team. They're, I mean, they're not, I wouldn't say they're a powerhouse by any means, but they're, they can contend with that pitching staff. You're, you're immediately a contender in my book. He gets to catch top level talent, elite talent. He's going to fit in real nicely there. I mean, it's just people. I don't, it, this whole thing is just mind blowing. Like, cause they're greeting greedy. Yeah, Fox fans are getting greedy. They want everyone. If there is a prospect or player at free agency, they must be for the White Sox only. Calm yeah. the fuck down. You have pieces. Take the pieces. Now, you don't need the big whale. You got the whales. Shut the fuck up. Take the pieces. You can is a backup catcher who's overpriced. <laughs> Grab somebody else. Everybody else. Well, no, no. You don't even need Springer. Honestly, the White Sox don't need Springer to win the World Series. They need a better four or five. Hell, it would help. <laughs> they need bump help. That's not, I mean, really, I don't even, they're not like, God dang. It's like, it, it's that kid that everything, they say everything is mine. Mine, mine. Uh, here's, I, I bought this new, uh, I bought this new play set from, for, you know, uh, GI Joe. Mine. I just bought a mask set. 
Mask will be right back, and so will Venom. Nope, mine. I just bought a new so Batman figure. Mine. White Sox fans right now are mine. And here's the thing. I mean, the White Sox do have a lot of pieces. It's a, a uniquely put together team. I wouldn't mind, you know, one more like a Marcelo Zuna in that lineup, you know, and I don't think that's asking too much. I think they'll be fine without it. I also think that the expectation, why one of the reasons why you, you know, get that train of thought is because we know that they're in the bottom tier of payroll and we know that they have money and we know that it's an attractive team to come to despite what some people may think of the manager or despite what people think of the owner or all that. Did Ryan ever go this far all in with the Bulls? I mean, he had Michael Jordan. Yeah, but he gave Michael Jordan nothing. He gave Michael Jordan nothing for the last two years. That guy didn't pay Michael Jordan until his last two years, right? Am I right? Because Jerry Reinsman, wait, what do you mean? Is he like before what? What are we saying? I'm saying, I'm saying with the Bulls, he didn't. He didn't even pay Michael Jordan. Well, yeah, right. he's basically saying like he's not going all in right now. No, no. no. What I'm saying is, what are you expecting? Like, are you trying to like ask oh. a, a zebra to change its stripes? Like, it's not going to oh. happen. So, unless it's like, his like the only way, like, the only way in terms of just the, I, I'm not, I'm never going to understand the White Sox fans who are uh, arguing uh, McCann versus Grandall. I, I, that debate just falls on deaf ears. But I, the only way I can be like, oh, look, I'm kind of upset about it is like, okay, so you're obviously not paying McCann, and which is fine. You shouldn't pay a, a, your backup catcher like nearly $10 million a year. But like, mm-hmm. all right, so you, if you're not going to spend that money, you would have liked a better uh, free agent outfielder than Adam Eaton if that was the case. <laughs> like, that's the only argument I can buy. But other yes. than that, it's like, okay, like. Well, we still got time. Great. What we got? Like two months? Yeah. Allegedly, we got like two months until something happens. But who knows? Like, if they get, like, I don't think they're getting another outfielder. But yeah, like maybe they can get uh, Marcelo Zuna for Marcelo DH. Zuna, Marcelo Zuna just makes so much sense. Um, but uh, I mean, James McCann, great, great for James McCann again. I think I forget who said it in the comments right now. It's just I think it might have been. No, I'm not going to make up. I don't know who it was. Uh, but I just saw it right now. The White White Sox fans just fell in love with like another guy. That was mm-hmm. like, you know, that came up and, and he was, he was, he was signed in 2019 and that's still before the Sox got good before all the guys came up. So like, that was still part of the rebuild. And it was a guy that was, who was actually good. So the Sox fans just like fell in love with the guy who was like, Hey, he was here from like the start of this. But I mean, come on. They he helped me through the dark nights. Right. <laughs> but, around. And I just think he, mm-hmm. oh fuck. It's going to be one of those like Aaron Rowan things. But at least Aaron Rowan won a World Series. Aaron, yeah, I mean, Aaron Rowan was still around for like several years, and he won the World Series. Yeah, I mean, James McCann was... Yep. Do you know why I know Aaron Rowan doesn't give a fuck? Because I watched that guy say fuck in front of a bunch of 10-year-old kids about 47 times. Yeah, well, yeah, it's easy. Yeah, I was going to say, dude ran into walls for like, that was his thing. <laughs> like, his thing was I ran into walls. Um no, they could Sox can win a World Series with Adam Eaton, but I'm just saying I want Oz, I don't want Ozuna to even see the outfield. I want Ozuna to be a DH. Oh yeah, yeah. No. You guys yeah, have I, enough I, DHs. Relax. God dang. See, you guys Kevin, no, I mean, I don't understand you know, why you're getting so next- frustrated about a fan base that hasn't won shit in over a decade <laughs> that has a huge payroll that obviously doesn't have everything. Because if we had everything, we wouldn't have lost in the first round. You have round Andrew Vaughn. You have that meat lovers pizza in the trunk. I get it, dude, but like you can't tell an entire fan base to calm their tits because a guy might be good. 
Mm, you like can. I can, no, you, no, it's probably not a good idea, be, but you can. Should still be like frustrated. Like this yes. was your year. This is a year that you got you got top tier guys. I understand if you don't want to pay a pitcher thirty million dollars, like in Trevor Bauer. I get that pitchers can just fucking blow up. Like boom, first day of spring trainer, spring training. Tommy right. John, they're done for a year. You don't know how they're gonna come back, especially Trevor Bauer who's like gonna get close to thirty years old now. But you have a top tier outfielder that's available there. And all indications are like Sox are out of it because they don't want to pay him. That's George Springer. And it doesn't matter that you have Luis Rivera because when we had Herb Lawrence last year or last week on the show. Feels like it. Just slide, slide him into right field because you're going to have a great fucking outfield. Right. So, it's, I mean, you know, obviously, it's, George it's, Springer it's, isn't an option. The next here isn't an option because you signed Adam Eaton just to save some money. Is Jerry Reinsdorf too focused on the Bulls right now? Like, is that the problem? No, that's something he doesn't even care about. They wouldn't tell you to do it. No, the Sox payroll for 2020. I think it's like 21st overall. To answer that question, man. Now, and you're asking the zebra to change their their stripes. Like I know, but we're we're fans of this team, man, and we see this hypothetical window starting to open, and the payroll's there, and everything's there, and there are guys. I'm not asking them to go and drop Bryce Harper money. I'm not asking them to go and drop. I mean, go sign. Bill, there are more people at the table trying to play blackjack right now. There are more people at the table than just the White Sox. And that's the problem that White Sox fans seem to don't get right now is that there are six other people playing blackjack at the same time. And it's not just the White Sox trying to get these people. And guess what? There probably is something going underneath this where someone's getting a better offer and people are going to throw this at them. People understand the White Sox can't add these types of players. They want to go and make sure that they don't sign. So if adding another $10 million to this player's offer keeps them from going to the White Sox, who are already a World Series contender, maybe the top two or three in baseball right now before, I'm going to make sure that they don't. It's like that douchebag in Fantasy League in Week 16 that you know when your quarterback goes out and you don't have a backup and they grab all the quarterbacks to make sure you can't grab the quarterback because you're a quarterback away from winning the damn title. The White Sox are literally one great blockbuster away from being the Dodgers. Yeah, Major so League Baseball is going to stop that. All these other owners are going to make sure that won't happen if they can. It's the same shit that happened with the Cubs when the Cubs were at the top. They're going to go after, and they're going to dig and needle, and they're going to leak, and they're going to drop stuff. They're going to make the media attack. They're going to do all sorts of stuff to make the White Sox. The, the bullseye's on your back now. Don't act like it's not. It, it, you're no secret. No, and no that's fine. The so you're going to get weird backroom blah, blah, blahs now. And that's where the, the you know, but that's, hey, heavy is the head that wears the crown. But what's the harm of giving a guy like Marcelo Zuna like a two-year, one-year, two-year deal? You're not handcuffing yourself long-term like a but, Jason Hayward. But has he been offered better by somebody else that won't? Apparently not because he's still a free agent. I mean, I this is what we're I, saying. They're, they're in the contention. Yeah, doesn't mean they're not taking offers. That's that's weird. Yeah, I still think Azid is still waiting. But it also doesn't mean that the Sox aren't in on it. I don't understand. Like, why you're so pissed off about it? It doesn't mean the Sox aren't getting no offers. I don't know. What's, what's, mad about, what's wrong about a, a fan base wanting their team to have the best possible team? Well, what I'm saying is that every single free agent is apparently theirs, and they get mad when nobody is signed from those free agent pools. You've got to relax your tits a little bit and realize I mean, there are I, more teams going after these players. There's not just the White I don't, I don't know what Sox fans you follow, but I, like, I don't see Sox fans being like, we want JT Romuto. Mm. I don't see Sox fans saying we want Marcus Simeon. I don't see Sox fans saying they want Didi Gregorius or any of these guys. There's specific players. Every single free agent in the last if like two weeks. Send me a tweet of a White Sox fan wanting JT Romuto. Okay. 
That's, I mean, if it's there and I know who it is and it's not like Bob's hot dog stand or something, I'll, Hold on, I'll, so I'll, I'll ask you this. Would you rather have James McCann or JT Real Music? You actually with, said the hot dog, which is weird because it just popped up. With James McCann. Right, so wait. wait. <laughs> James McCann, James McCann, James McCann, or JT Real mm-hmm. Muto. I mean, who, do you have? who would you rather have? With Yasmani Grandel? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Probably James McCann. Because if you have Yasmani Grandel and JT Real Muto, you don't have like enough money to even have a center fielder. <laughs> All right. So answer that question that I put up on the screen. Would, would I give Liam Hendricks? Liam Hendricks is nowhere near Real Muto, so never mind. I'll ignore that one. Would you give Liam Hendricks the fourth year? Probably not. I'd rather re-sign Colme, I guess. Right, that's interesting because I think I've, all, all the projections for uh, Liam Hendricks had him at like three years, uh, you know, between like ten to thirteen million dollars at the most. Uh, mm-hmm. But apparently, uh, I think it was Jeff Passan from ESPN. He wrote how like Hendricks is like out there, be like, no, I want four years, guys. <laughs> right, uh, and that's gonna and that's gonna get into like the fifty million dollar range uh, if we're talking about like thirteen million dollars a year for him. And then you want to talk about a cautionary tale. This is what I'm, I'm agreeing with you, Kevin. Like some of these free agents, though, you don't want to be handcuffing yourself with like a Kimbrel contract or a Jason Hayward contract. And I'm not picking on the Cubs. It just so happens that they have two prime examples right there. And I get that. And I'm, I'm with that. As soon as I saw the Liam Hendricks fourth year, if you notice, I stopped tweeting about Liam Hendricks because <laughs> I just stopped. Right, say this. Can I, can I, can I admit something? I'm a little salty at Sox fans right now. Not, not our audience, not our audience, but. I got I got assaulted, Twitter way, t- Twitterly assaulted on last week when I just made a joke. So, Sox Twitter kind of angered me the other night. It was very very unrelenting and angry. So oh, I feel like flexing a little bit. Like I, I did flex a little bit on Twitter the other day, but I just it it, it 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 does bother me that again. Guess what? You won two more games in the Cubs this year. Oh, I know. That Relax I don't agree. Out. Sorry. Yeah. You're not the big dog in Chicago yet. You will be when you win a World Series again. But the most recent big dog, sorry, Sox fans, and I love you guys. I, I our show fans, hey, yeah, but some no, of these I get meatballs, that. they're just as bad as Cub fan meatballs, and their IQ is just as low as Cub, but Cub fans. What? No way. No, but you catch <laughs> some people. Some people you catch on a bad day. Some people. Twitter is a tough place to be tongue in cheek. Kevin, are you telling me that Sox fans didn't appreciate a joke being being made of them? Like, come on! Of course they weren't gonna play along. What right. what is the joke? I jokingly said, literally, like, well, hey, next time you guys bring up, you know, hopefully it pans out. So the next time that Ed Howard is an MVP or something like that in like four fucking years, mm-hmm. oh. I'm like, shut the. F- I was making a joke. It was a tongue in cheek thing. It was actually a compliment to Eloy and Cece. You, uh, yeah, it was a joke. People took it seriously. It, it was, Criminy. yeah, it was rough to read all around the comments. I was just like, because the people that were responding are people that I've talked to that I know are smart people. And I was just like, someone's having a bad day. Cause this is getting, and I hadn't even had lunch yet. I think you're actually on it with Kalme. I don't think his market is that great. You've seen what he can do for you. He's reliable. I think you can get him for pretty cheap. And I think you probably have pretty good with him for two years. Yeah. Especially with the rest of the way the White Sox bullpen looks like. I think yeah. the White Sox bullpen is very good. You need that end piece. Um, but the more I hear Katz talk, he did a great interview with Chuck Garfine yesterday. Uh, all White Sox fans, I strongly encourage you to listen to that. Holy fuck, man. 
God bless you, Don Cooper. I hope you're sitting somewhere drinking endless beers on a beach somewhere. But if this goes how I think it's going to go, whoo, baby, I'm happy about this move. But that's the thing is now Hendricks wants the fourth year. I think you got to get off the Hendricks. George Springer is starting to talk about how much money he wants. It's a good idea in theory. You don't spend that much money on George Springer. I still don't think Adam Eaton's a guy, but you just don't do it. But DJ LeMahieu, like, I think DJ LeMahieu has a pair of watermelons between his legs because the Yankees offered him a huge deal, and he's like, not even close. $25 million apart. Not even close. $25 million apart in this economy. <laughs> crazy bastard. <laughs> but, I mean, that's just insane to me. And there's still a lot of big names out there. And I don't know if – Like, let I me ask you right now. Think about it. I and honestly, I don't think I know the answer. Who do you think is the biggest free agent who's signed so far? Well, I'm not saying Adam Eaton. It, uh, it might be. That's the thing. Like, has there been a bigger Jonathan Holder is a yeah, Cubs legend Jonathan Holder. The uh, biggest his, his I mean, belly the, is the biggest name that's moved has been Lance Lynn. Right, but the yeah, biggest free agent. Think about it, like. Who's the biggest guy who's been signed? Eaton. It's probably like, fuck. It's probably Adam like Eaton. Trevor May. Trevor May. I think he got like a two-year deal. James McCann. James McCann. <laughs> James McCann got the most money so far. Yeah, probably James McCann. I mean, it's been super slow, guys. This. I mean, honestly, I think we we talked about it right after the series. They've, they've made uh, more this, money. This is exactly what's going to go until like things are going to pick up maybe in January. Maybe. Did you guys see uh, Trevor Bauer's top five YouTube video? I did not. Who's on it though? I know I, by the way, I thank, thank you for the shout-out. Uh, that's okay. He was. Thanks for the shout-out, Joe. And I, th I know you were just being nice, uh, but I know when you put in the chat, you're like, can somebody see this video and see if the Sox or the Cubs are mentioned in it? So thank you for that. Uh, I know there's no way that the Cubs are mentioned for uh, Trevor Bauer, but thanks for including. including yeah, I, I, with him, <laughs> who knows? He, dude. Just to I troll made, everyone? Yeah, I made it through like two minutes on that video. And I was just like, all right, I'm out. Someone else watch this. We have we got kids in college that write for us that can watch this because I'm I'm not watching this. I think it was both New York teams. I think it was the Reds. And then I think it was I think he like threw the Astros in there to be a jag. I don't, no Angels? Maybe Angels. Oh, I think he threw the Angels. I don't know. I stopped. But holy <laughs> shit, man. Let's talk. I mean, if anybody if someone asked me like what the new baseball free agency looks like. I will go look at what Trevor Bauer is doing. He he's a content factory. I mean, him and his agent that what's her name, Jen Lada, or whatever. I don't know. They're killing it right now. I'm not hating that game, but he's not signing till March. A lot of these guys aren't. No. Yeah, like probably. But it's crazy that some of these contracts are not that shocking. They're, they're normal contracts. It, I, I thought everyone was broke. Like everyone, like, I mean. Yeah. It yeah. really does. Know, like, you look like at some of those one-year deals for the for starting pitchers. It's like 10 million. Like Robbie Ray got like, I think like $10 million. Or Robbie's fucking uh, Ray, Robbie Ray's one pitch away from his arm falling off. Like he, <laughs> yeah. he literally squints in pain and when he throws. Much? Yes. I'm going to butcher this name, but this is a guy. Like, he pitched for the Reds, and I, it was like a low. I thought was like a low tier free agent that like the Cubs can like maybe take a chance on. 
uh, Anthony Disclofani. He got like eight million dollars. I'm like, what? Eight million dollars. <laughs> I'm watching MLB Network. Does I this can't... mean that friend of the show Chase and Shreve is going to get like seven million dollars? If we keep hyping him up, Chase, you better buy us some shit once you get that eight million dollar deal, son. He's going to sponsor our new uh, line yes. of Chase and Shreve pinwheels and ivy. Oh, we, should rocket, do, we should do dude. every Chuck week. Rap. We should do the why you should sign. We should do like a segment. We should just do the like a one minute thing on uh, why your team should sign Chase and Shreve. I'm in. All right, that's a new segment. We're going to do we'll that. We'll start it now, so go. No, it's at the end of the show. We're going to do oh, it at, at the end, end of the show. show. But, dude, <laughs> I'm watching. So I sit here and I work, and I'm, I'm surrounded by computer monitors. And on this monitor over here, and, I always – And a makeup desk. And a makeup desk. Well, I got to look. You think this just happens? Um, I got to – I have uh, MLB Network on this screen at all, all day, just noise in the background, whatever. They are talking about Jake Ordizzi. Or Doozy, whatever the fuck his name is. Or Dorizzi. Like, like he's Nolan fucking Ryan, man. There's nothing else to talk about. They're talking about the Tampa Bay Rays today and how you know they're good and they are and how their their front office is smart and they they do all this stuff and they're like, and you know who they might sign? They might sign Jake Ortizzi. And you know, <laughs> World Series. I'm like, what the fuck is going on right now that this is what's happening in free agency? That a guy like Jake Ortizzi, who is he's a good pitcher by all stats and all sense of the word but dude they're talking about like he's like he's not that guy he's not the piece <laughs> everybody's that guy until he's by the way speaking of the race did you see that contract that they gave uh the catcher zunino <laughs> uh yeah on, we need to leave maddie mitch's picture up because just <laughs> That's i appreciate man. that zunino had it's like all incentives that, it's basically mitch. he gets like a million dollars more per like he has to get to a certain uh, game started. And it's like, like I kind of understand why he signed it because obviously if he wasn't like, getting like other offers, but like, holy shit, it's like he goes from like 89 to 90 games. He goes from like $4 million to $5 million. Like how is a team not going to screw a guy? And like, like that's one of the things that when Evan was on and he was saying like maybe like a Chris Bryant contract is going to have like some incentives in it. But like, would you even do that as a player? Like, why would you want to do that with a player? Like, that was the whole thing with the Manny Machado and the Sox thing. Remember, it was like, yeah, if by like year like eight, you get to like six hundred plate appearances, you'll get that option money. And it's like, well, yeah, obviously players aren't gonna be too fond of that because we've seen it in prior things where like you're definitely gonna get screwed if your team can save like a million dollars, two million dollars on your contract. Right, and it's dude, and then you got guys like Nelson Cruz is like. 107 years old, and he's rolling into teams being like, I want three years. I want four years. Dude, you are good. You hit the shit out of the ball. You're going to be a good DH somewhere, but bro, like, come on, man. <laughs> the fuck? What, what I feel, sometimes I'm looking at like reading this news and all this stuff, and I understand the whole thing now is your agent works through social media. You know, I'm going to leak this out and see, That's you know. The whole market, dude. Right. And I get all that, but like, if I'm if Nelson Cruz, if I'm Nelson Cruz's agent, he's like, "Hey, put out there, I want four years." No, Nelson, <laughs> no, I'm not putting that out there. That's a terrible idea. Yeah, that's a that's a terrible idea. Barely, unless you want me to like leak a video of you bench pressing a horse or something. Like that's a terrible <laughs> idea, dude. I'm not, I'm not yeah. doing that. But this whole free agency, I mean, the I understand it's going to be optics, dude. It's going to be yeah. optics. But I get you have like you got like COVID, you got the shortened season, you got broke billionaires, and I say that very sarcastically. You got like and 
I don't. It's just all very weird to me, and the shit that people are arguing about is also very weird to me. Like, I just don't get it. I, I don't get it. These clubhouses these are, are right the dog now, days, man. There's nothing. Instagram accounts. These no. these young players know. It's the Instagram. It's the optics. It's what makes you look sellable. Less than actual. It's it's less quality and and actual production. It's more optics and this is where you're getting though this is why you see some of these players that are getting as close as they can to breaking like league rules when it comes to social media they're they're trying to share as much as possible they're trying to become influencers if you want to call it that and and that's what they do and look tim anderson doesn't have to market himself to show that he's a badass hitter you know why because he's He's a badass hitter but you're gonna get other dudes that can't hit water if they were swinging a rake at the top of the boat, which is a weird, I just made that up just now. That was a really bad idea, but some dudes that are mediocre, average, below average major leaguers are creating cool accounts and people are like, Oh God, why can't we sign this guy? Again, I don't judge Javi Baez, but the fact that we even give a shit about how the fuck this guy tags means nothing. You know why? Because who put the ball there? Not Javi. Javi was a receiver. You are not a good receiver without a great quarterback. Again, these players that like to market themselves are out there marketing themselves. And sometimes they don't follow the graph because you know what they do? They follow the gram. Was James McCann McCann part of that uh, White Sox club dub thing? Remember those dances that Zach Collins was doing and all that? Yeah, he did did, like some super hillbilly dance. Because they relate to you. You got rid of We can't leave. <laughs> he did the dance on the on the club dub. See? Oh, it's just wild. But one of the probably the funniest comment to this graph of catchers is there's no I someone wrote there's no way this chart is up again. There's they said no way this chart I is know you're gonna say so. I know what you're gonna because say. So. I was told that Wilson Contreras is the greatest catcher of all time. <laughs> so like well, who's the shittiest no. one on this graph? Like I'm trying to figure out who Kurt is Kurt Suzuki. No, Kurt Rob, Suzuki Robinson Trinos. That, huh? Or Tucker Barnhart. Depends on this what you're looking for. This is not far from Kurt Suzuki. What the hell? This is offensive war and defensive war from Fangraphs since 2018. You know, I was very surprised to see how low Wilson Contreras' defensive war is. No, his defense was like – that's why everyone was like trashing Wilson Contreras because his defense was just – like his defensive war, all the metrics that go into defensive war for catchers, he was just awful before 2020. <laughs> and I guarantee you this chart changes when you do defensive war for 2020. Oh, yeah. I think Wilson moves a ton on this list. Like he moved But one other thing I want to point out on this chart that was brought up maybe a thousand times in that tweet. That John Ryan Murphy exists in this world? I no, Tyler Flowers. Hmm. I mean, Tyler Flowers right here on the right. He's trending right on the mean line there. I didn't realize he's been he's been like that in recent years. He'd be some of the people that aren't convinced Zach Collins is that guy are starting to campaign for Tyler Flowers to be brought in as the backup catcher. That's a good. Well, I think we jokingly brought it up. Pull so it up again. Pull it up again. Pull it up again, real quick, so I could just. So, so who do you want as the backup catcher? Metric, right. That's Wait, the defensive war. Defense is on the bottom line. Yeah. So For Tyler right, Flowers, left, right. Christian Vasquez and Austin Hedges. Tyler Flowers is the most valuable defensive catcher in baseball. No, Austin Hedges is the best defensive catcher. No, I'm saying it, besides Austin Hedges. Oh, yeah. 
and Christian Vasquez. And, and obviously, Monte Grande. Grande. And, and, and yeah. Jesus. Tyler so Flowers like is literally just on the cusp of being part of that elite tier yes. defensively. Yep. Can't really yeah. hit, but yeah. Great backup catcher. Who gives yep. a shit how he hit? So my guy, King Mac, made a comment, and I know he was roasting someone else because that's just what Mac does. But yeah, see, look at yeah. <laughs> I'd call Mac comments. Uh-huh. But he said yeah. on Twitter, and I agree with this. <laughs> I mean, Collins is really a three outcome hitter. You know what I mean? Like, uh, is he though? He's like a two outcome hitter. Yeah, Strikeout that's or, true. A wipeout, or a walk. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What was it? He, in, in 2019, he had one hit. It was that home run. That home run first game, that everybody was like, "Yeah, that's what I'm talking about." And then, and he, then went he went like, and then he went like one for twenty nine or something. <laughs> I mean, if you're a metrics guy, if you're an eye test guy, I mean, one for twenty nine is one for twenty nine, dude. I yeah. don't give a fuck what. Um, but that's why it's you not even that. It's everyone said it. Swing is long. There's a big hole yeah. in the swing. Yep, but people like that actually can make a difference. They can go one for twenty nine and make the team better. In but Zach Counts isn't a good defensive catcher either. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. He's not. Mm, see, you guys are only equating like what goes on in between the lines. I'm talking about outside the lines too. People in the clubhouse, like people that influence the youngers, the old dudes that roll in with gray on their beard. Sometimes, no, I, I I'd like to think they have some credibility just because they have gray on their beard and they're in the clubhouse. But wait, are we still sure. talking about Zach Collins? Yeah, we're talking about Zach Collins. <laughs> Dude, Zach Collins is like 23. <sighs> but I'm just saying. That, well, I was I, talking about. I'm sorry. I was talking about flat. Never mind. Yeah. Oh, no. I, we, I think we're on agreement. Tyler Flowers would be a great backup. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I got stuck on that one. No, I'm good. We're all we're good with Tyler. About the people who still believe in Zach Collins. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Yeah, I. Zach Collins, I think, is starting to fall into that category where everybody loves their mama's cooking, but it might not be the best cooking in the world to other people. Mm-hmm. Zach Collins is like home cooking. Like you just know him. He's been in the organization. It feels like for like ten years. You know what Albert I mean? Albert Almora. Yeah, and it's just like that long to get rid of. I just I don't know. I, I'm He's not. Nice. I love him. He, well, he'll shout, out, shout out to the intern who pointed out Zach Collins' terrible swing like three years ago, and nothing's yep. changed. It's still a bad yep. swing. Yeah. It's 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 got a huge hole in it. It's just yeah. We don't speak the intern that's like Voldemort now. We don't say his name. Um, because he had yeah. the best facial hair in the group. So it's Tyler that's Flowers, Yadi Molina, you know, guys like that. No, stop trying to get the White Sox to sign Yadi Molina. I don't want his old crusty ass anywhere by this team. <laughs> you got it. Hey, could happen. You, Kevin just said you want a veteran presence, great mm-hmm. relationship with Tony LaRusso. Yeah, he knows yes. how to win. You also want the greatest catcher of all time. Per Sox fan, uh, Cardinals fans. Per himself, per his own Instagram account, he's the greatest catcher of all time. I saw a Cardinals fan literally argue that no way would they trade Yachty for Mike Trout, and this was oh, not just one, all of them, (laughs) all Cardinals fans. It's horrible. So if you get Yachty or Molina, you can have two guys in the Sox that you wouldn't trade for Mike Trout. Uh, Lori Garcia, who had more hits than Trout in 2019, yep. and Yadi yep. Molina. And you gain a whole Cardinals fan base following their greatest catcher of all time. He is crusty, Mac. You know he's crusty. I don't, I mean, the baseball literally sticks to his cut. Fuck, I'm not, I don't want nothing to do with Yadi Molina. He's got a Gary Gaetti cup. Come on, let's go. I, I don't need this team, does not need 
a Yadier Molina on it. By the way, Zoe, uh, you're talking about Sox fans just arguing, arguing about the most random shit. For the sure, first time in like three years, Cubs fans got to argue about a real free agent. Jackie Bradley Jr., baby. Who's ready? Yep. PB <laughs> and J. You know what? I've said a couple times on here, I wouldn't mind him on a White Sox on right field. Get half out of it. Like, I still don't get it because Jackie Bradley Jr. is basically like a less or like not as highly powered Kyle Schwarber with better defense and better base running, but yep. he's a guy who will strike out like 25% of the time, walk 10% of the time, hit some home runs, but he does play great defense, still has good base running. But the in terms of like the whole Cubs trying to switch up their offense, not really changing that no. in our profile, but uh, I don't know. I guess you get better defense on the road. It won't change anything at Wrigley. But yeah. when you get on the road, the defense will improve if he was in center, moving half to left. I think that's where you'll get – because there's less. Kevin, you know, really Kevin, you know what the most exciting thing is? Like, are the Cubs actually going to spend some money? Like, because <laughs> Jackie Bradley Jr. Because Jackie Bradley Jr. is going to cost like you know maybe eight to ten million dollars. I feel like this is the Tinder account that like gives you the, uh, like the the ding where they're like maybe oh can we matched up cool but there's not a single response to any private message after they've already liked it. Because you're like yeah we just got you and you're like oh the next thing you know, it was like the Tinder match the, way, the Cubs message to. first. Yeah, the Cubs message first, Jack and Bradley Jr. like liked it, but then there's like no actual response back. I have no idea. <laughs> we're trying to we're trying to uh, it's it, it's a pyramid scam. We're so Tyler out. Flowers made four million dollars last year. That's not much. The mm, White Sox can totally throw him throw him five. Give him yep. a an attaboy bonus. Dude, in this economy, yeah. throw him three and tell him to be happy. That's true. <laughs> Get your hillbilly ass back there. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Fuck, man. It's just, oh my goodness gracious. I just, so. Or, or do you trade Grandall and then trade for um, James McCain? Yeah, might as well. Because <laughs> apparently he, he fucking walked, he's Johnny fucking Bench. So. Oh my God. It's about time you guys really try The right move is to show up at his car wash here in Las Vegas. Tell him to forget all of his obsessions with aliens and Sasquatch. And we bring Jose Canseco out of retirement for the okay, news. Oh God, I did not expect shit. that name. No, holy cow. <laughs> He's ready to fight Logan Paul, Paul's dad, everybody. Let them. Maybe they'll knock each other out and, <laughs> and both break, hear break, each other's, break each other's jaws so we don't have to hear either of them talk ever again. Nobody hits bombs. He could probably hit 210 in the major leagues right now. Absolutely. I wouldn't doubt it, actually. Which but, is industry standard. I don't know. I just think people need to kind of buckle it down a little bit because ain't shit happening for at least a month mm-hmm. in Major League Baseball. You should, especially Sox fans, you should have learned this by now. After the whole Harper Manny Machado thing, like you, you got to know, nothing's gonna it stop. <laughs> I mean, be happy. Be happy if you get Michael Brantley. Or like be really happy if, if we got Michael Bradley. Michael Bradley could just hit. Michael Bradley is a professional motherfucking hitter. I'll take Michael Bradley. Like that is your top tier right now for uh for expectation. And for Cubs right. fans, our expectation is just like a guy who will sign for more than a million dollars. We had Evan and he said it. Daniel Descalso, he had like a two a two year five million dollar contract uh after twenty eighteen. After that was the only other position player who got like guaranteed money was uh, last year. Uh, what the hell is his name? I can't even think of it. 
he got a million dollars. That's been like that's been the biggest guarantee. Yeah, this is wild. <laughs> I'm uh my a one that I want for the White Sox right now is Marcelo Zuma. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. But take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Because guess what? In 1977, old, the, the actually prior to actually it was like fall of 76, action figures for a new science fiction movie were coming out, right? It was for a film called Star Wars. And when Christmas came around, they didn't have enough action figures to actually like give to people as a gift. So they sent people that ordered them, they didn't have enough figures. So they sent them just an empty box with cardboard saying, soon you will get these figures for this movie. Cool. Action figures. It was Star Wars, man. So your Luke Skywalker was coming like in January or February. You're good. Whatever. Adam Eaton is that box, White Sox fans. And come January, you guys will get what else you need for your World Series competing Chicago White Sox. I What? Yeah. <laughs> you lost me there, Kevin. Not going to lie. You lost me. Say it again. Give it a second. Yeah. White Sox no. right now, Adam Eaton was just a box. It's not the whole okay. picture. Okay. Come January, February, the White Sox will fill in the blanks. You'll actually get the squad and the Luke Skywalker and Han Solo. Okay. You actually wanted not yeah. the shitty-ass cardboard. So I just saw this tweet from December oh, 9th, no. and now I'm a little worried about my pick. Oh, shit. Oh, that could be a problem. For those of you listening, this is Marcelo's yeah, great radio as, <laughs> as saying uh, Eduardo Perez on MLB Network said Marcelo Zuna sees himself as an outfielder, not a designated hitter. That's fine. I see myself as a 10 and <laughs> it's just not what it is. You know what I mean? It's just you can say a lot of shit, but I get it. Outfielders don't out. I would say outfielders get paid more than DHs. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, he's probably he's just trying to get paid. I get it. What's the I most was, you would give Marcelo Zuna, by the way? For how, what's the most I give him? Yeah, like uh, average annual value here. Oh fuck! Um, what did he make last year? Well, he had the. I think he was the. I think eighteen million, nineteen million. I just gotta know what my my floor is here. Uh, he made eighteen million last year. There you go. So, I mean, you got to give him a little bump. He was first team All MLB DH. Dude just hit fucking bombs. I mean, and remember, he wants to be an outfielder. He wants to be well. Okay, let's rephrase it. He wants to be paid like an outfielder. <laughs> I mean, if you can, the way that smart players are going about it right now, they're fucking signing one and two year deals because who knows where this. You know where baseball is going to be in one or two years with the players' the contract and all that shit, and the CBA and all the shit. So if I'm Marcelo Zuna, and the White Sox call me up and say, "Yo, we'll give you 20 mil. You'll play the outfield every once in a while because you know Aloy is going to do some stupid shit." <laughs> uh, but mainly, you're going to just be a DH in a fucking super juice lineup where you're protected on both sides. You're playing in a hitter-friendly park. You're probably going to pad your stats to get an even bigger paycheck from somebody else down the line. 20 mil, one-year deal. Let's go win a fucking series. All right, all right. Now, if that costs you not getting Hendricks. 
No, the fourth year that Hendricks wants is what's going to cost us from not getting Hendricks. Okay. okay. Well, that's true. That's true. Yes. Thank you, Jerry. And I'm handsome. I don't know what's going on. I'm super overtired. This is what having a kid does to you. Then fuck, man. But <laughs> I was getting shit on. But yep. Oops. Nope. I got pooped and peed on in the last 48 hours. I saw that tweet. Um, we had to go to the party. Yeah, dude. Um, that was like, holy smokes. Um, hey, but hey. you call, I, I don't see, and I know other teams, there's apparently the nationals are the front runner for Ozuna right now. Are they? It, they're looking for pop. The nationals um, are hilarious. We, we brought yeah. it up with the Evan uh, and the, oh, well, Kevin, you brought it up with the, with the GM's comments, how they haven't had any conversations about Chris Bryant. And then, you know, obviously before that, Dave Martinez said, you know, we have had conversations about Chris Bryant, but <laughs> every time there's a every time there's been a report this off season about uh, the Nationals being interested in Chris Bryant, there's always been like a report right after it says like no, Nationals they don't even know if they can afford uh, Chris Bryant's salary for 2021. But then like at the same time, it's like the Nationals are in on JT Real Muto. It's like that doesn't make any fucking sense. How can they be on uh, like the top free agent who's going to be making a lot of money, but they can't afford uh, Chris Bryant's salary? Uh, yeah. So that's just hilarious for the Nationals. Well, the Nationals and the Blue Jays are those two teams that are in on everyone. Mm-hmm. The Blue Jays there's are like there. a sacrificial like. There's a kid there. in Puerto Rico right now that just picked up a baseball and threw it 95 miles an hour, and the Blue Jays are signing them tomorrow. They're literally in on everyone. Every name you see, that's why I got the hat on. They signed me. They drafted Chris. They, they literally, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Everything, but yeah. By I the mean, way, did you see the Mets? The, the Mets. The Mets are like now in on Nolan Arenado. Yep. Yep. Front page of MLB.com. Also, Nolan Arenado is the player version of what you were just talking about, Zoe. Everything is Nolan Arenado. Something has been tied to Nolan Arenado for now two years. Yes. Mm-hmm. Waiting. Yeah. Waiting. Waiting. It's going to be waiting. <laughs> I mean, if, if anybody pulls it off, I think it's the Mets. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I don't know. And someone could tell me if he's like a scumbag or like if he like has a pass because it's this day and age, he probably does. But I like the cut of the Mets new owner's jib. I like Steve how. He just, yeah. I like how I like how he handles his baseball ownershipness. Scott Boris said he had a pair of big apples. Big apples. But he's not scared, dude. He's out here and he's on the Twitter streets talking shit, answering fans, very transparent but without giving everything away. I mean, he's into it. It's nice having go. an owner into it. Yeah. And like I said the other day on this show, if Rick, <laughs> I just picture what would happen if Rick Hahn tried to do that shit. <laughs> Imagine if, if, well, worse, go deeper. Imagine if, uh, well, oh, Jerry, yeah. imagine if Jerry got on Twitter. Yeah. That, just said, geez. fuck it. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. So get me this iPad. Well, him and LaRusa can teach each other computers. Um, Tony, this By the way, shout out to Tony LaRusa for uh, pleading uh, to a lesser charge there. It's always good to have a good lawyer. He's reckless. Yeah. Yeah, he's probably not going to spend a day in jail. He's probably going to get it. Uh, was it work release? I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, fine. And yes, you're right, Maddie. Han 100 percent is on Twitter. 
Oh no, he he definitely is. He, he has definitely uh, responded to several White Sox fans who have shit on Rickons for like. Okay, so we're at that part of the show where if you watch us live on Thursday night, you get to lose money with us. I am on Darren Waller. I took the over on his receptions. Hold on, I took a bunch of shit tonight. I'm totally. I'm trying to bet my way out of a cold streak. That usually ends well, right? That's usually yeah, how you work. Uh, Dig up, stupid! <laughs> oh, by the way, I don't have anything. I don't have anything to pour out, but pour went out for everyone who had the Browns plus three on Monday. I have Browns money line. Holy shit! Still pissed. Uh, Chargers in the over in the comment. I have uh, Darren Waller over receptions. I took the boost on Fanduel Eckler or Darren Waller to score the first touchdown. Did a little same game parlay. Uh, Eckler Jacobs anytime scorer. Eckler over 50 yards receiving, Waller over 45, 65 yards receiving, and Aguilar over 57 yards receiving. All those thinking. Yep. Um, I don't know, Kev, you got anything you like tonight? Uh, I like the under, actually. And uh, I actually, because I'm going to pretend like I'm a homer and whatever. But Yep. I'll we'll, go go under. we'll go under and then grind it down for the, uh, the Vegas boys. So the, you know, the, the theory goes, the public is stupid, which is not wrong. Hunter Henry over receiving yards. I like that too. Um, and it looks like the, a lot of the public money's coming in on the Raiders minus three. Uh, now I like the chargers. Shit. Yeah. A lot. Like they said something like 68% of the public. What do the wise guys do early in the week though? That's the early bets. That's where you really want to look, right? Isn't it the early bets and then the ones right before the game? Aren't those yep. the two times you want to look? Last, Alpha Omega. I don't know. Both these teams fucking piss me off. They both so, are inconsistent. Yeah. yeah, the Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are both playing, but they're both on rep counts. Well, last Great. I heard, was it a game time decision? Was, Keenan Allen or, fantasy. Or, or did they announce the mm-hmm. – so they're active? They're active. They're playing, but they're both okay. on counts. Limited stand. That's one step away. That's not. A, that's not a good risk. Yeah, the line's definitely moving towards the Chargers. They run it a lot. If they can run it, I don't know. I'm not even going to fuck around with the bet. I'm just going to keep. I'm going to play these props and see what's up. You know, with under, these two teams, especially Raiders and Chargers, the most inconsistent like fucking teams that you can find. Look at all the talent that the Chargers have, and like Anthony Lynn just. Wasting the fucking, it all. The Raiders beat the Chiefs and almost lost to the Jets. I don't think we <laughs> need to say anything more about that. When the Raiders show, the Raiders show. Right. When they don't show. <laughs> and it's Thursday night. Abrams, so it's Abrams. It's Thursday night's Abrams. an immediate crapshoot no matter what. And then, I still like the over. Yeah. All right. Oh, and just so everybody knows, something happened last night that hasn't happened Probably over six years. I, that was private, dude. Sorry. No, not that. The other thing. Um, <laughs> I sat down in my own house, sober, and turned on a Bulls game. And they won? And, and watched it. Double treat. The last t- like For the last six years, anytime I watch a Bulls game is when I was at a bar and it was on the TV. All right. Well, Zell, give us the scouting report. What do we got? Um, Lombardo. Like, like, like the rookie, like it, like how he uh, moves without the ball and he plays pretty, and Buddy's got some hops. Also like that his nickname was Project Pat. That's pretty dope. Um, Lori Marketing looks like both his balls dropped. He started like, 
getting aggressive. I loved every second of it. He's got to hit that step back. Uh, the only thing I'm nervous about, Zach Levine, Kobe White. Do they play? Do they fit well together? Oh, NBA zone. I, I don't know. Do they? I almost think that well, they both are volume shooters. They're both yeah. very good. They're both very, very good. But there's no, you know, you only let one go. So then you start thinking, what does Zach Levine for Simmons deal make sense? Oh, a little a true point guard. Okay. This all this all just happened off of watching one NBA game in the last six years. <laughs> We're back. Six year drought. Snow's oh. back. We got we got NBA GM GMs out now. Yep. Boom. Just fixed it. What other team you want me to fix? I'll watch one game, fix it all. Fix the Bears. Uh, I, I'm not that good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what, 16? Nothing's changing. Yeah. Hey, no, no, no. Hey, I'm positive. I think the Bears, If what is it? If they uh, if they win two of their last – they win the next two? Yeah, like they can go three, eight and eight, eight and they can get like tiebreakers over like Arizona and a few other teams. We're sadly playing this math game, but I like the math game. So it's like Sox math. So let's play the Sox math. Let's go. There's like yeah. if if Kyler Murray, blah, blah, blah. you know what? How's your fantasy team doing? That's what I'm wondering. You just want to talk about yours. No. I'm in the playoffs. I got a first round bye. Nice. My half, my team, half my team is questionable, though. So not great. Uh, that includes Keenan Allen. So not looking great. I'm facing the guy with the uh, scored most points. Um, so, you know, not the best luck for me this week. <laughs> I need help. I'm stuck. Big Ben, Taysom or, Hill, or uh, Baker Mayfield. I just can't not. Who are the opponents? Who are the I don't know who any of them are playing. Cincinnati for Big Ben. Cleveland's playing the Giants. And then Taysom Hill's playing the Chiefs. So not Taysom Hill. I don't think I like Baker against the Giants either. No, I think Big Ben's the play, right? Like I well, feel like that's the play. T.Y. Hilton over Deontay Johnson, though. Is that I think the play too? Wasn't Deontay Johnson the one that like he was been dropping the ball? He got benched, yeah. and I'm looking at T.Y. Hilton, who has a owned Houston over the course of his entire career. And plays Houston. So there's, there's Houston's there. defense is fucking garbage. So yes. So it's sure. T.Y. Hilton over Deontay Johnson, right? Yeah. I, too, I mean, we all just right? saw Mercedes Mitch just torch the Texans' defense. <laughs> and Big Ben versus Cincinnati's fine because I can just let anybody be. He's going to find somebody probably against that. Yeah, no, like Cincinnati. Oh, Cincinnati shit. is still trying, but their overall defense is garbage. Their offense can't move the ball now without Joe Burrow. So, like the Steelers are going to have the ball all the time. Yeah, you have to go with Big Ben. Those are my only two question marks. I got uh, Nick Chubb. I got Derrick Henry. I got Tyreek. Like everything else is. All right, fellas. Well, let's wrap this up. Make sure you tune in next week when we have another guest uh, to continue the handsomeness on this show. Uh, As always, we appreciate everybody that commented, liked, retweeted the live show. And if you're listening to this on Friday, uh, make sure you leave a review, rate, and do all that other stuff that helps podcast out. Uh, We really appreciate it. We will be doing one more show before uh, the holidays. So we'll get into, you know, we'll, we'll do that cheesy shit of a holiday wish list and all that other fun stuff uh next week uh but for the very dapper old navy sweater aldo Mm -hmm. 
for the hopefully he doesn't he didn't get COVID during the show. Okay, Fitz. Maybe next I'm, episode will be positive. Yeah, I'm a very overtired though. And uh we will talk to you guys next week. Be good to each other. Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season, make it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy. Can put it on a